This is The Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. What's going on? Welcome into The Sharp Angle Podcast. How's everyone doing out there today? Hope you're all having a good week and a good Thursday. Uh, On today's show, what we're going to do is uh, what we like to do occasionally this year. Uh, replay a portion of College Football Weekly and get you guys some college football picks for the weekend. Now, the reason why I do this is, you know, we're trying to grow the show. We're trying to grow College Football Weekly. It's a podcast that I co-host, and uh, it's not just college football picks. We we have a lot of fun on that show. We play different games. There's some pop culture stuff. It's really a, a good show, and uh, it's growing quickly. So we're trying to aid that growth. We're trying to help that growth. And part of the reason, we, or part of the way we do that, is to uh, play some portions of the show on this podcast and others. So those who may not listen to College Football Weekly kind of get a little taste of uh, what it is. Now, keep in mind what we're playing back today is only our college football picks. Obviously, there's a lot more that goes into the show. Like I said, we have some fun. We play games. We do pop culture stuff. But we'll play right now a portion of this week's College Football Weekly. If you want to hear the whole thing, you'll have to find the show. You can find it anywhere you're listening to this podcast. Just type in College Football Weekly. All right, so uh, let's get ready to play back a portion of that. Enjoy. Undefeated Colorado Buffs. Let's go, Buffalo. We got the Utah Utes plus two and a half at Colorado here in Boulder. Is this? I know the Pac-12 wants to force this into a rivalry game. Is it a rivalry game? No, it's border war. It's just the most two recent teams to join the Pac-12, so they created a rivalry, which is fake. They should call this game uh, altitude attitude at altitude because both these teams play up high. It's called Rumble in the Rockies. Rumble in the Rockies. That's not bad. That's what they call it. Okay, it's kind of stupid, but this uh, for me is a trap game, Tyler. The Buffs okay. are 4-0. They're undefeated against the spread, and they're just a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home over an 0-2 Utah team. They opened up just a one-point favorite, so some money coming in on the Buffs, but this line is a little stinky to me. Uh, it seems too good to be true, and you know what happens when I see something that's too good to be true. Uh, I just, uh, I'm just i stupid. I have a dumb, dumb brain, and I got to have it. I see something that looks juicy, and I want to have it. That's true. It's, it, this, this line looks juicy. Uh, the Utes offense, it looks terrible. Jake Bentley, the quarterback, he's turned the ball over a ton. The run game hasn't been great either. Uh, Utah's defense is not nearly as good as last year, especially the passing D, but the run D is stingy as always, and I do think that's kind of why this line is so low. Um, CU's done most of their damage on the ground, uh, excuse me, on the ground with the running game. Uh, they haven't asked Sam Neuer to carry the offense. Uh, I think he's, he might have to this game. Uh, you know, the altitude, I mentioned it before, it's not a factor. Utah's used to playing an altitude. Normally, that's a huge home field advantage for the Buffs. That gets neutralized. Utah, they've won three straight against CU. Uh, I do think this game comes down to the quarterback battle. I think it's Sam Neuer versus Jake Bentley. Whoever can stay clean, whoever can avoid turnovers wins this one. I'm hesitant. I don't love that this number jumped up. I would have liked to see you more at minus one, but I am going to stick with the buffs here. I'm going to roll with them minus two and a half. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that this line has greatly adjusted. Before the season, I think Utah was about a touchdown favorite. And so, yeah. uh, you know, Colorado's looked very good this year. Utah's looked very bad. But this is sort of an evening out process. I mean, Utah has done so well against CU against the spread lately that you understand why this line kind of is where it is until 
you dig deeper, like Will said, and you really look at how well CU's done this year. But I do think you're right that Utah's run defense has something to do with this line. I don't care. I'm going to go with the buffs here. I think that CU is still ahead of the market. They're, they're one of those teams that they just keep kind of getting by enough every week to not be too obvious, to not make too much noise. I mean, how many t- people nationally are really talking about CU? Not that many. Right. And I think this is a statement game for the Buffs. I believe they will end up in the top 25 in the college football playoff rankings this week, which is going to be a huge motivator for these guys. And I love the Buffs this week at home, up to minus two and a half. So can I just ask you guys, in a real a regular season without COVID, anything anything like that, I mean, if you've even been paying attention to Sports Center, you understand what Jarek Broussard has done. Is he, in a regular season, a Heisman contender, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, so Jerry Broussard is uh, the running back for Colorado, and he's had a breakout year, pretty much the reason why they're so good at, at these rushing stats. He's taken on the load of everything this team needs to do, and I think in a, in a season where we're playing out every game, there's no way he's left out of the Heisman conversation. He's had what too are good his, of a year. Uh, I'm looking up his numbers right now because I haven't been paying close enough attention to his numbers. Here we go. He's, he's got, averaging close to 200 yards a game right now. Yeah, he's tearing it up. He's unbelievable. He rushed for 301 yards last last week. Yeah, he's over 100 for the first couple games. 6.4 yards per carry. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Um, But they just get no attention. They get no love. Here's the only thing. He's only got three touchdowns. And I guess they've only played four games. Yeah. But, you know, if this was a long season over the course of it, I could see the only reason why. I think he could be a finalist, maybe. I don't think he could win it just because you got to typically you have to be like, a playoff contender team to yeah, really get and in I'm that sorry, conversation. That's just, that's just me being a homer. I just right. wanted, I just wanted you guys. As a but in a real season where CU does go undefeated, if they would, they would be in that conversation. Things would materialize much differently than they have this year. And correct me if I'm wrong. This is the last week for the Pac-12, isn't it? Yeah. So that's interesting too because Utah's winless. They're maybe motivated to get a win finally and not be not go winless for the whole year. Meanwhile, CU they want to end the year undefeated and have a shot if that maybe if. USC or they can't can they not qualify for the Pac-12 championship hey, game if USC loses they will they'll be in I didn't know if there was like a game limit there yeah so USC has to lose and then the Pac-12 came out today saying that um, they will not change their protocol if CU goes undefeated and there's a one or even a two loss team in the north because they had because of the cancellations they haven't been able to play enough exactly. games that's the reason and, why and, and both of those games were um Ah, oh, that's so USC shitty. USC and Arizona State's fault. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that sucks. But God, that CU-USC game, huge cancellation. I know, I know. Uh, moving on, Oklahoma at West Virginia. This line opened up Oklahoma minus 11. They're now a 14-point road favorite. West Virginia, they've been surprisingly uh, – they've been a tough out for a lot of teams this year, and it's because of their tough defense. Uh, besides the ass-whooping they just took from Iowa State over the weekend where they gave up 42, the defense has been stellar, and especially the pass defense. The Mountaineers – uh, they're giving up just 170 passing yards per game, only seven passing first downs per game. Um, but their offense sucks pretty bad, and they they got to play an, an Oklahoma team that found out defense finally. You know, Oklahoma's still kind of flying under the radar because that that one and two starts they can score without just relying on the passing game. Um, the Sooners' offense is balanced, and they've been able to push people around with the offensive line. To me, this line seems like a piece of cake but what the, the the thing that scares me about Oklahoma here is that they are locked into the Big 12 championship game and they're locked out of the playoff race so I don't know where the motivation and the focus for this game against West Virginia is going to be at or you know maybe they'll be resting starters um, I think that's a big concern here I'm, I'm eager to find out what Lincoln Riley's plans are for resting guys but if I got to make the pick right now at the beginning of the week I do think Oklahoma 
you know, is one of the five or six best teams in the country right now. And I'm gonna I'm willing to lay the points here, minus fourteen for the Sooners. Yeah, I'm gonna go with you there. I think the Sooners will uh, cover this spread. It's a big spread, but I, I don't like West Virginia. I've watched them play a lot this year, and they just don't have that that killer instinct. And I, it's funny because a lot of times I like to approach this with, with math and stats and numbers. And I do have a couple stats here coming up, but I just don't trust this team. I don't like the coaching staff. I don't like the decision-making. And it's easy for me to put my money against whoever they're playing. It's something that I usually feel comfortable doing. What I like here, Will, can you get me? The, do you have the lines pulled up? Uh, yeah, what do you need? Uh, just the over-under. Um, because, um, yeah, so, so you can look that up, but... What's interesting in this game, the, the one thing that popped out to me is both teams have really underrated defenses. Listen to this. West Virginia is number five in the country for yards per game given up. Wow. Oklahoma is number 11 in the country for yards per game given up. So I think that both these defenses are going to surprise a lot of people. Will mentioned maybe a lack of motivation for Oklahoma. They're locked into the championship game in the Big 12, as Will mentioned again, and uh, really not a whole lot to play for. 57 is the total. 57. I'd go under the 57. You know, I, I think that it's it's a, that's a big number for two teams who usually score a lot of points. I think that the initial thought when you think about Big 12 matchups like West Virginia, Oklahoma is points, points, points. I think we get the opposite this week. So I will lean under and uh, lean towards the Sooners minus 14. Okay, I like it. Which is weird because usually if you like the favorite minus 14, you also don't like the under, right? Because right. if there's going to be not a lot of points scored, it's, score it's harder yeah. for that team to pull away. But I could see OU winning something like, you know, 28 to 10 or 28, 13, something like for that. For sure. I mean, and you look, I mean, Oklahoma's defense has been on fire the last few weeks. They could, e- they could easily, I could see them shutting West Virginia to single digit points in yeah. this game. And then if you're trying to get to 57, then that means, you know, they got to get 45 or more on a really tough West Virginia defense. Exactly. So, yeah, it's an interesting matchup. But the one thing that stuck out to me, both defense. Okay, cool. Next up, Coastal Carolina at Troy. Sunbelt game. Coastal Carolina, 13-point road favorite. The Chanticleers, baby, they look awesome against BYU on short notice, especially on defense. I mean, how, how many teams have we seen Zach Wilson just tear apart uh, with his great arm and all the talent they have there? The pass defense uh, made Zach Wilson you know, uh, look look a little pedestrian. It kind of killed his Heisman uh, momentum, as you said. It was the pass defense, and it was the... I love how that defense works together, because they got yeah. a lot of pressure on him. So yep. it's not just the secondary, it was that whole defense working together, getting pressure on Wilson, and then the, the back end doing their job, too. Yeah, you're right. And and you look at this Troy team, they're a team that likes to throw the ball. They throw the ball 40 times a game. Uh, that's the only way that they can really score points. Uh, I just think this, you know, I think people might look at this game and think it's a letdown spot for Coastal Carolina, but I think Coastal is going to be able to run the ball easy, get an early lead. Um, they put pressure on the Trojans here, uh, Trojans in, in trouble early and, and put them in obvious passing situations. I just think this Coastal Carolina team is riding this huge wave of momentum. I don't see them slowing down anytime soon. They want to go undefeated. Uh, we, we At this point, we, we you know, we're pretty confident they're going to win the Sun Belt. They they don't need this win. They're already in the championship game. But like I said, their their motivation is to stay undefeated, keep this dream season alive. And I love this this numbers under fourteen. So I'm going to lay the points here at Coastal minus thirteen. I hate this game. Oh really? <laughs> I hate this game everywhere I look at it because there's a couple things that are contradicting here in my mind. First of all, the market has been way off on Coastal Carolina. I mean, they were ten point underdogs last week yep. at home to BYU. That should have been a lot closer to a pick 'em, and the game proved to be. I think what happens is teams like that who the market really... When we talk about the market, it's funny because the market is so sharp on teams like Alabama, Clemson, right, who get a lot of money and who we know a lot about. Teams like Coastal Carolina... 
a lot of these sports books started the season not knowing how good this team is, not probably knowing anything about this team. Yep. So it's funny. They go undefeated now two months later, and everyone's scrambling. The market's scrambling to say, well, how good really are they? Last week was a perfect example. 10-point underdogs at home to BYU. Should have been closer to a pick em. So one thing you'll learn in sports betting is that markets don't overreact too fast. They're, if anything, they're very slow to react because they've been winning money for decades. They're not going to overreact like we may overreact. So they're just going to take a deep breath, adjust things one, maybe two points every week. And I think this line is just short because the market's been behind on Coastal Carolina. It should probably be closer to minus 17 or so. That's why I like them in this game. But having said all that, this is a classic letdown spot for Coastal Carolina. I mean, they just won what I think is their biggest game of the season. They scheduled it late. They've been the talk of every sports talk radio show today on Monday. We're talking about them. Everyone's excited about the Chanteliers. So or the Chanticleers, mm-hmm. the... However the hell you say their names. Chanticleers. Chanticleers. Yep. I can't even say their mascot's name. But <laughs> it's human nature. You see this everywhere, not just college football, but everything in life. It's so hard to do so well. Everyone's patting you on the back. And then you show up to work the next day, and you work twice as hard. It's human nature to say, I've been doing well. I may take my foot off the gas. And everyone thinks that means that they're just not going to try this week. But it's just simply human nature. I don't care what you're talking about. It's easy to get complacent when everyone's patting you on the back, telling you how good you are. You just beat undefeated BYU. Now you're going to play the Troy Trojans. Right. I see this being a classic letdown spot that I honestly see teams fail over and over and over again in. So contradicting information, I'm going to use my one pass of the week. Okay, stay away from Exactly, Tyler. complete stay away. I think that the, the market is short on Coastal Carolina, but also massive letdown spot for them. Not enough, uh, not enough trust in the Troy Trojans to make this a bet board game, nope, huh? Nope, not enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, Cincinnati at Tulsa. Right now the Bearcats, 12.5 point road favorites. This game is a reschedule from a postponed game earlier this year. Tulsa ranked in the top 25. Um, should work out in Cincinnati's benefit uh, that this game was rescheduled. Otherwise, they wouldn't be playing this week. They'd just be waiting for the AAC championship game. I think it helps them if they have any shot at making the playoff to have this you know, a later game than the rest of the conference. Uh, I've been all over the Bearcats this year, and uh, if you've been betting them, it's been very profitable. they got a good record against the spread. They have one of the best uh, you know, uh, margin of victory uh, uh, stat in the country. What am I trying to say here? Jeez. Yeah, margin against the margin. Spread. Yeah, uh, or and Andrews margin of victory. There, I think they're top five in margin of victory per game. Okay. Um, Tulsa's offense is not what wins them games. It's their defense. These are two teams that have really good defense, and Tulsa's defense is great. Cincinnati's is just even better. Uh, but they have a much better offense to go with it. Cincinnati's problem, you know, isn't. Uh, or excuse me, Cincinnati, they're probably not making the playoffs, but if they can get a couple blowout wins over Tulsa here, which is that that's the likely order for them, is they win this game, then they get a rematch in the AAC championship game. That gives them an outside chance if some chaos happens. If something bad happens, let's say Texas A&M loses, something like that, it gives them a chance. I still think they're motivated here to win and win by a lot. Um, I just, you know, I think that there's a lot more on Cincinnati's side here. I don't have a lot of reason to have faith in Tulsa, and uh, I think Cincinnati wants the style points, and I like this number under 13, so I'm going to take Cincinnati minus 12.5. You're taking Cincy. Let's yes. see if I want to go and fade you here. No, I don't want to. I don't like Tulsa enough. I mean, their defense is tough. I just don't know where the points come from for them. You know, Cincinnati's been really just more physical than everyone else on defense. Hmm. So far, they've played. They've dominated everybody. Hmm. 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 What's the spread? 
12 and a half. Oh, God damn it. See, here on my sheet, it says 13 and a half. Uh, or no, it does the, say 12 and a half. Yeah. You want to negotiate? <laughs> you want to go mm. negotiate this lineup? You I, want 13 and a half is what you're saying. I want saying. 14. Yeah, no, I'm not going to I will take Tulsa. Half, I Tyler. will take Tulsa if I can get plus 14. Then you ain't getting it. Right. Partner. I'm not I mean, going to give you a thing, point and a half. The one thing I go to is their common game between uh, Central Florida. You know, yeah. UCF took Cincinnati down to the wire. Uh, Tulsa beat UCF 34-26 yep. on the road, by the way. Um, I do lean Tulsa, actually, because like you mentioned, Will, both defenses are going to shine this game. And it's hard for any team to get margin when uh, you know, you're playing a good defense and your offense isn't necessarily what's gotten you to where you are in the season. But uh, 12 and a half, I can't do it. Yeah, so I mean, we bet numbers. We don't bet teams. Can't do 12 and a half. I bet teams all the time, but that's because I'm a square <laughs> and he's the betting professional. But uh, look, I think part of the reason why Tulsa did well against UCF better than Cincinnati did is that UCF loves to pass the ball. Tulsa's strength on defense is their secondary. They have these big, strong corners. Um, and Cincinnati loves to run the ball. I think they'll be able to run the ball on Tulsa here. Uh, you know, you look at um, their quarterback. Um, Who's quarterback? Cincinnati's also. quarterback. Why am I blanking? Uh, uh, Ritter, Desmond Ritter. He's been really good this year in the run game, especially. Um, I just think we see more of what we uh, are used to with Cincinnati. And uh, I'm willing to lay that many points. So. No I bet mean, board yet. No bet board yet because I think they coming up next. I have a feeling we may get a bet board game, and I don't want to get too crazy with these because I want to save some of my better picks for the bet board. But, okay, okay. And I don't love Tulsa, so I'm not going to make that a game. Fair enough. All right, hope everybody liked that and hope we got some good winners in there for the weekend. So, uh, again, give College Football Weekly a follow, subscribe, like, and uh, hopefully you guys start listening to that as well. Once again, College Football Weekly anywhere you can find this podcast. So, all right, guys, hope you have a good night. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle. <laughs>